friends, this is Ashley Latecki Ellenboss with Sky House Herb School in Apothecary. And today I'll be talking about burdock and how to use a burdock decoction. Now, um, a decoction is a way to brew your herbs and it's a really good way, especially to brew your roots. And so we'll be talking about burdock root, it's medicine, it's magic. Um, we'll be talking about how to actually make a decoction and also um, ways that brewing a decoction can actually be part of a mindfulness or spiritual practice. So let's go ahead and dive in. Um, let's talk a little bit about this plant. So the Latin name is Arctium lapa. And Arctium refers to um, its, its association with the bear or Arcto, Arcto Iris, maybe you've heard, um, sort of like the, um, it's related to the constellation of the bear. And so uh, we, it, it has this old Latin word and we think that it, it stems from its uh, initial use as a more shamanic type plant um, associated with bear magic and bear medicine. It was an herb that wasn't really used um, the way that we use it today. You know, originally in the time of Dioscorides, um, it was an herb that was used for toothache originally, um, the root and the seed, because it has this little bit of um, kind of an analgesic quality it would be used to soak in the mouth for toothache. It was also used um, in ancient Roman medicine for hip pain. Um, and this, they called it stranguary or string hip pain, so sort of tightness and achiness in the hips. Um, but it wasn't used as a skin remedy. It wasn't used as a blood cleanser until much, much later. We see the first reference in the 1700s and its use in North America really um, as a blood cleanser and as a um, as a skin aid. So this plant belongs to the Asteraceae family. This is a very large family. We also call it the call it the composite family or the daisy family, and it has a lot of our kind of weedy herbs. And um, you know, I think a lot of us herbalists we don't love the word weeds because it in, implies that there is something sort of um, bad or unwanted about these plants, which we all know that most of our greatest medicines are in fact plants that are growing all around us and often popping up out of the cracks in our own backyards. And so burdock is one of these. It's considered to be a weed, but it's really a wonderful medicine and one that we can really utilize, especially in the modern times. Um, one of the terms that Matthew Wood, he uh, refers to it as is um, a hedge ruffian. So a hedge ruffian um, also refers to the second part of its name, um, Lapa, which is, um, you know, of the hedges. And this plant grows along the hedge sides or along the, the edges where the maybe landscaped or disturbed soil meets the forest. So you can find it often um, where I used to do a lot of hiking uh, in Maryland. It would be sort of right between the side of, of, of riverbanks and the forests. And it would grow in that little flat part right before the forest took over. But you can also find it in disturbed soils right along that edge. And I remember I was on an herb walk with Rosemary Gladstar, a really wonderful, amazing herbalist at the North, uh, where was it? It was the um, Northeast 
women's herbal conference up in up in New Hampshire. And during one of her herb walks, she said, you know, herbalists are a lot like all of these edge dwellers because herbalists often live with one foot, you know, in sort of the manicured sort of modern world. And we also walk with one foot deep in the forest. And a lot of our best medicines also grow in these hedgerows, you know, along the, the edges. And so burdock, I think, is a great um, medicine because it in many ways represents sort of the the ways we can get um, entrapped by the more modern, fast-paced, fast food world, <laughs> and a lot of the problems that come from living in urban settings and, you know, eating more modern food um, can be remedied by this this medicine that um, really roots us in deeply to our own centers and also brings the wild back in. So. Um, let me talk a little bit also about um, about this herb and how it grows. And I think that also tells us a bit about its medicine. So in the first year of this plant, it grows in a basal rosette. And so that means that all of the, the leaves come out from this one center. So if you think about the way that um, dandelion leaves, they sort of grow all out from this one center point. So when we see burdock the first year, these big wide leaves uh, come out from this one central tap root, which goes very, very deep into the soil. And so it makes this rosette shape. And then in the second year, the plant makes this tall stem uh, that grows up. And that's when it flowers with these little thistly, these little purple thistly like flowers. And, um, and yeah, it has the little burrs and the seeds that result. Now, one thing that's interesting that Matthew Wood taught me is that um, the medicine the medicine needs to be harvested the first year. Um, and this is something practiced by most herbalists because after the second year, what happens is the root um, loses, uh, it, it becomes like a matrix and all of the sugars and polysaccharides and fibers that fed the root in the first year and allowed it to, uh, or allows it to then go into that second year of fruiting, um, all the nutrients get used up by the upper parts of the plant in the second year. So if you harvest the roots in the second year, you get this sort of like, it looks almost like a sponge. It's like empty. So there's really not much medicine there in that second year root. So, um, but what Matthew said that, I, that I've used in my practice is that it's for people who've lost their blueprint. And so you can think about that matrix of the burdock root as sort of representing the soul's blueprint and the purpose of that person, which is rooted very, very deeply in the subconscious and in sort of the underworld spaces that um, that the medicine can, um, when we use the first year root, it has, it, it contains that blueprint, um, but it contains the matter which nourishes that part of the blueprint, which will allow it to actually see its way to fruition. So I've used this as a medicine for people who feel like I knew I was going somewhere <laughs> and I don't know what happened, but I lost my way. And I feel like I need to get back to this this plan that I had or this feeling that I had that somehow I've gotten off, off track with or off track from. And so it's such a grounding, nourishing, oily, sweet, sort of like a bear hug type of medicine that for people that are feeling a little bit kind of uh, off center or displaced or off the path, it can bring them back into that. And I've used it with clients um, 
who've had schizophrenia and a number of different sort of dissociative um, mental conditions. And it's really anchored them and given them support. Uh, and it's interesting because a lot of times, um, at least with the clients I've worked with that are on a lot of medications for these type of um, psychiatric disorders, um, you know, burdock is a very safe herb to use. And a lot of those medications also have the side effect of being constipative or creating constipation. So burdock is a really gentle laxative. And so I found that it's not only really grounding and stabilizing for these people, but it also helps to move their bowels, which can break, you know, can help people that are feeling overwhelmed and like there's too much in their body because there actually probably is and help flush that and move that all out. Um, from the root, right? From their root, letting things go. Um, so in my practice, I use this plant for those things. I also use it for skin conditions. That's probably one of the primary indications I look for is does the person have really dry skin? Um, do they have eczema or psoriasis? Do they have flaky dry patches? Do they have dandruff? Um, when I look at their tongue, is their tongue dry? And is there maybe even indications of heat? Like little red dots on the tongue can be an indication of heat or um, the immune system becoming active activated, the body's trying to clear things, but if there's a white coat over that, it's like the, the cold dampness isn't letting the heat do its job. And in some cases, um, I also have found with like kidney chi deficiency, where it's like there's not enough yin, um, there's not enough of the vital fluids and vital force to tap down some of the heat in the body, um, that this will build that, that kidney yin. It'll build... Um, it'll build up the, the kidney uh, reserves. So if there's a kidney yin deficiency, actually not kidney chi, but kidney yin deficiency, um, it will really build up those vital fluids in the person's body. Um, I also have used it for general dullness in the complexion. I remember um, one of my teachers, uh, James Snow, who's an incredible herbalist, he said that um, if you see someone's complexion, it looks like they kind of need to wash their face. Their face looks kind of dirty. There may be like discolored patches, um, especially this is true in teenagers with, with deep acne. Um, it's a really good remedy for them. And Seven Song, another wonderful herbalist, says that it's for liver acne and liver acne, he just describes as being like, um, you know, very, very large pimples, painful, um, almost cystic, um, and, you know, full of things, you know, it's like, there's a lot of stuff that needs to come out of them. And this is considered to be sort of a liver pattern, especially when it's like around the the chin and the size of the face here. Um, sometimes gallbladder uh, will show up right here in the temples. If the temples are really greasy or if there's pimples here, that can be a sign that the gallbladder might need to be supported. So you could think of burdock along with other bitter herbs for that. Um, so yeah, so the dullness in the complexion is something I've used. And again, like, like that sort of look like looking like they're dirty. Um, or if you're just feeling like you're kind of dirty too, I think, um, you know, burdock is always a nice one to bring in when there's a sense of, gosh, I just really need to move things through me. I really need to nourish myself. Like I don't, it's like you want it. It's the, for the person who wants to do a cleanse, but feels too depleted to do one. That's a really good time to use burdock root. Um, so let me walk you through how to make it. And um, I'm going to share with you some tips and I'm just going to move my camera down here. So this is uh, 
burdock root. Now, there's a lot of ways you can get your burdock root. Um, this is from Gentle Harmony Farms. This is a wonderful farm located in North Carolina, and um, it is run and operated by an herbalist and grower, and it's certified organic. And I really like the burdock root in these big slices. And so she provides them, Pam, who runs the farm, um, provides them in these dried slices. And so um, you can order directly from her website, but I just wanna show you what they look like a little bit closer. So, oh, my light is very bright here. So you can see that they're kind of like just, you know, these beautiful, almost they look like little eyes. And, um, you know, they, they started off very, very big, but they almost have like a little star in the middle of them. They're really beautiful and they smell, they smell quite delicious. So burdock root decoctions are really easy to make. All you need is water, heat, and burdock root. So what I have here is what I made this morning, which is a burdock decoction. And um, what I did is I added, I'm a little bit more of like an eyeballer. So what I did is I added about a handful of the dried burdock root. You can see it in the sun there really beautifully. And so, um, you know, my handful is probably gonna be about maybe a quarter cup um, of the dried roots. And then I added about three cups of water. I could have done four cups. That's usually more of what I do, but between three and four cups. And then you have to put the lid on so that the oils don't evaporate off. And um, so you add the lid on you turn on your heat and you're gonna let it simmer on the stove for probably about 20 minutes and low heat. You don't want any of the, you don't want the lid to come off. So just let it kind of do a low simmer for about 15, 20 minutes, then turn the heat off, keep it covered and then let it come down to cool to when, you know, to the temperature that you can drink it by or how you can handle it. And then after that, um, you can do a few things. You can actually, um, you know, pour it through a, uh, strainer of some kind. And then I recommend drinking half of it in the morning and then drinking half of it in the evening. And it's just a really good flush for your liver, for your gallbladder. Um, uh, and it's just food for the skin. It's very, very deeply nourishing. It's considered to be oily and um, slightly cool. Um, but I find it to be just I don't really find it personally to be warming or cooling. It seems pretty neutral to me, but it definitely is sort of has a moistening oily effect. And you can see the color here is sort of a brownish gold. And so that's what you're looking for um, with the coloring. It should not be clear. It should have this goldish brownish color. And um, you know, the other thing that's really neat is that once you cook it, it becomes soft. And these are like carrots, these can be eaten. So sometimes I'll actually take a handful of these dried burdock root and I'll throw it in a crock pot when I'm making a soup. And then you can just eat this. And my girls will, they love it. They love to chew on these. So um, you can eat these as a food in addition to drinking the tea as a medicine. And um, I wanted to say a few things about um, storage. So you can store it, um, you know, it'll be fine if you leave it on the stove top all day long, but if you want to leave it overnight, you want to refrigerate it. Otherwise it'll start to get a little bit like musky or you could say swampy because um, of the polysaccharides. It'll start to break down and it'll start to get a little swampy. So, you know, 24, you know, I would say 12 hours out is good refrigerated after that. Um, and then the other thing that I think is a really interesting ritual way to think about doing this practice of decocting your herbs is that 
you know, I think so many of us, we are looking for ways to slow down and to ground back in and to feel uh, connected with the natural world. And I feel like making your own herbal teas rather than using tinctures is also a really good way to bring this ritual practice into your life. So I like to do it in the morning, you know, when I'm when I, before I, uh, you know, make breakfast, I'll start my tea or my decoction for the day and I'll just get that going. And the whole house starts to smell like a cabin, like a, like a log cabin with, you know, this deep, rich, earthy smell. And, uh, you know, it's really, really a, a really beautiful practice. The other thing that's interesting that I found while doing decoctions recently is this act of cooking, um, is also very cathartic. And I, I feel like so many of us right now, we've got so much going on in our minds and on our plates. And um, to boil the crap out of something just feels really good. <laughs> so like, you know, I, I feel like we have so many problems and worries and issues. And, you know, part of, part of my spiritual practice is to give them away, you know, to give them back to the creator because I'm not capable of handling them. But I do feel like, when I put my herbs in the pot and I add the water and I just look at them and I thank them for the medicine they're about to give. And then I boil the crap out of them and I just watch them cook and cook and cook. There's something cathartic that happens in my body. It's like, okay, like I am, I'm doing something for myself and the heat and the fire is burning up and just, um, transforming this into something that not only I need, but it's also just, you know, um, in some ways I just can kind of give, give what I'm holding on to and throw it almost into the cauldron of my, of my pot and be like, you know, um, cook this for me, you know, cook, cook my pain, cook my frustration, cook my rage, cook all of it, boil it down. And then what is left over, may it be a medicine that I can drink and be nourished by because we can be very, uh, drained by these emotions and by these, uh, by holding on to all of these things that, um, you know, we have a certain capacity for things we can do, but if we let them fester and sit, um, they turn into toxins. And so, you know, boiling and letting go and then drinking something that is also cathartic in its nature, like burdock is cleansing, clearing, um, and also nourishing. I think, you know, we're, 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 we're covering a lot of ground in, in our medicine making process. So, um, yeah, I think that is all I have to say about that. I'd love to hear your experiences with burdock and what you found it to be helpful for. Um, and, uh, you know, you should be able to find it. It grows in every, it grows on every continent now. So it's naturalized itself throughout the world. So you should be able to find it at your local herb store. Or if you're in the U.S., I recommend using Gentle, Gentle Harmony Farms based out of North Carolina. So uh, I will post that link as well so you guys have that information. And I look forward again to hearing your stories. Thank you so much for watching and I will see you all again soon. Have a good day.